morning, friends, and welcome to worship as beloved people of God on this fourth Sunday in Lent. Lent is a 40-day journey to the cross and beyond to the empty tomb. We pray to get today that God will strengthen us for this journey by renewing us in our gift, the gift of baptism, where we were joined to Jesus Christ forever. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm, and I'd just like to welcome to worship all who are here today for our drive-in radio broadcast, as well as those who join us by Facebook Live, by phone-in, by streaming. Our Wednesday Lenten series continues, seeking a living faith in a troubled world, remembering who we are. As the body of Christ, we are beloved, chosen, blessed, broken, and given for the healing of our community, country, and world. Please join in our worship broadcast on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock via Facebook Live, phone-in, and by streaming. Synod Assembly delegates are needed from our congregation. Our Northwest Synod of Wisconsin annual Synod Assembly will be held virtually this year on Thursday, April 15th in the evening and on Saturday, April 17th, during the daytime via Zoom. Two voting members are needed from our congregation. Please contact the church office if you have an interest in serving as a voting member for United Lutheran Church. On this fourth Sunday in Lent, we remember that we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We hear God's word today focusing on the cross of Christ. When we receive the sign of the cross in baptism, that cross becomes a sign we can look to in faith for healing, for restored relationship to God, and for hope in a time of death. Christ shares the worst of our deaths in his crucifixion. In love for us, his death on the cross is a pure gift of grace that brings light into our darkness. In the words of the hymn, people who walk in darkness have sought a light in the heart of the darkest night. Just when we thought all would be lost, we are drawn to the light of God. I invite you to join now in confessing your sin, hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. We gather in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a call and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Our psalm for today comes from Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good, for God's mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that God redeemed them from the hand of the foe, gathering them in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some were fools and took rebellious paths through their sins, though their sins they were afflicted. They loathed all manner of food and drew near to death's door. Then in their trouble they cried to the Lord, and you delivered them from their distress. You sent your word and healed them and rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to you, Lord, for your steadfast love and for your wonderful works for all people. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of your with shouts of joy. Let us pray. O God, rich in mercy by the humiliation of your Son, you lifted up this fallen world and rescued us from the hopelessness of death. Lead us into your light, that all our deeds may reflect your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading from Numbers, 21st chapter. From Mount Hor, the Israelites set out by the way of the, to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, but the people became impatient on the way out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Here ends the reading. Our second reading from Ephesians, the second chapter. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. Grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ it is not your own doing. It is, Jesus said, just as indeed God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. 
For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Here ends the reading. One of the verses we have in John's Gospel today is John 3.16. And as I think about that verse, I think about when I first learned that verse. And it was from my mother. I suppose many of you might have learned that verse too as one of your first Bible verses. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. My mother had this verse underlined in a small New Testament that she carried in her purse. As a child, I used to thumb through that little book, trying to spot those words that she had underlined. It's the only underlined verse she had in that small New Testament. I felt a sense of accomplishment whenever I could identify that Bible verse. Growing up in a pastor's family, I was able to accomplish quite a lot, I thought, in my religious life. I was proud of that. In this way, I can identify with Nicodemus, who we read about in John's Gospel just before that John 3.16 verse. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a leader of the Jewish community, a very religious man, respected man, a teacher, very devout. He came to Jesus one night. It was dark. Under the cover of darkness, he said to Jesus that he knew from what Jesus was teaching and the signs he was doing that he had come from God. This was troubling Nicodemus, creating a lot of tension for him because obviously Nicodemus had a lot invested in his own religious life, in the Jewish tradition. Somehow, though, that tradition and his convictions were now all being called into question because of Jesus. The presence of Jesus, his ministry, were like a light penetrating and enlightening Nicodemus. But to trust Jesus and to follow this light would have meant his whole life not to mention his religion, would be just turned over, upside down. And Nicodemus could lose everything, the respect and high regard of the community, his leadership position among the Jewish people, his place as a member of the Pharisees, his friends, they would surely reject him for betraying them, his family, they would be shunned and ostracized for sure, and he would be banished from the synagogue, that place of worship for his faith community that he had been a part of since his childhood. No wonder Nicodemus came to Jesus at night under the cover of darkness. One of my teachers said that the story of Nicodemus tells a lot about what is going on in John's gospel. John's whole aim, really, in writing the gospel is kind of revealed here because it was to persuade Jewish Christians to come out into the light. I think the coming 
of Jesus into the world as the light of the world always has this effect on all of us. Whether you grew up in a Jewish synagogue or you grew up in a Norwegian Lutheran church like me, or if you grew up outside of the faith community altogether, the light enters the darkness, pierces the darkness, transforms the darkness. There are Christians who like to talk about their conversion experience, and that's okay. They like to talk about the date and the time and the details of their conversion, and that's okay. But I would say for me, it's been different than that. My own experience is the light of Christ just kind of keeps piercing over and over again, again and again. Christ keeps deciding to work on me, probe into my life, changing me, transforming me again and again. And over the years, the forms of my religious faith have been tested, found to be wanting sometimes, many times, called me to change. I have too much pride to tell you all the times and all the ways I have been wrong about things. But I can see how my own fear of being wrong about my faith has kept me in the dark too often, caused me to draw circles and define certain people as being on the inside and certain people as being on the outside of the circle of faith. I can remember a conversation in college with a classmate who lived actually in the same dorm just down the hall from me. We were in the college center in the cafeteria. My classmate brought up this religious question, just kind of out of the blue. And then we were debating about it. And I wish I could go back and have that conversation over. For I was clearly in the place of judging and condemning. And I see now in my own self-righteousness I was really hiding under a cover of darkness during this time of Lent that we are in right now. We are called to reflect on the ways our lives are hidden in darkness, those places, those parts of our lives. Such hiding happens in lives of believers and unbelievers. Such hiding happens in those who are inside the church or outside the church. Fred Craddock tells a story of his own father who preferred the darkness. When the pastor used to come from my mother's church to call, my father would say, you don't care about me. I know how churches are. You want another pledge, another name, another name, another pledge. Isn't that the whole point of the church? Get another name, another pledge. And my mother would run to the kitchen, very uncomfortable, anxious, in her fear that somebody's feelings would be hurt. And one time the pastor of my mother's church had this evangelistic campaign. And the pastor brought the evangelist, introduced him to my father, and the evangelist was visiting with my father. And my father said those same kind of words, you don't care about me, another name, another pledge, another name, another pledge. You don't care about me. It is possible, isn't it, that any one of us could come to that conclusion and question God's caring, God's love. And maybe that questioning has stirred unsettling within us, maybe especially this past year, 
during the pandemic. For God so loved the world may feel less like an affirmation than a question. But the Bible readings today do not gloss over the bad things in our lives and those terrible experiences that we might have. The Bible tells of a God who enters the pain of our lives, a God who takes a poisonous snake and makes it a means through which people are healed, a God who takes the horror of crucifixion on a cross, makes it the means by which you and I are given life. For the cross upon which Jesus was lifted up, just as Moses lifted up that bronze serpent, this cross reveals God's purpose, God's desire, God's motivation. God loves us. God loves the world. God does not desire condemnation, but life and salvation. This is the love of God, alive in Christ. And it is a holy love that shines a holy light for all of us. Fred Craddock said numerous times he heard his father say that line. They don't care about me, he said. Another pledge, another member. He said he had heard that so many times from his father. And especially he said it about those people from his mother's church who had tried to reach out to him. I guess I heard it a thousand times, he said. But one time, my father did not say it was when he was in the hospital, veterans hospital, down to 74 pounds. They had taken out the throat, put in a metal tube. They said, Mr. Craddock, you should have come earlier, but this cancer is awfully far advanced. We'll give radium, but we just don't know what we can do. I went to see him in every window, potted plants and flowers. Everywhere there was a place to set something, there was a potted plant and flowers. Even in that thing that swings out over the bed, they put food on. There was a big flower. There was by his bed a stack of cards, 10 inches deep. I looked at the cards sprinkled in the flowers. I read the cards beside his bed. And I want to tell you, every card, every blossom, every potted plant from people, from my mother's church. From the Sunday school class. The women's group. Every one of them. People from my mother's church. My father saw me reading them. He couldn't speak because of the cancer and what they had in his throat. But he took a Kleenex box and he wrote something on the side. 
words were actually from Shakespeare's Hamlet. He wrote, In this harsh world, draw your breath in pain to tell my story. I said, What is your story, Dad? He wrote the words, I was wrong. It is when we come to see God seeking after us, seeking for us, for me, for you, not seeking us with a spirit of condemnation, but with a pure, caring, compassionate love. It is then the light of that love of Christ pierces our hearts. Then we no longer see God's care as limited only to a select few people or conclude that we are uncared for because of something in our life. No. Because the light of Christ actually permeates and overcomes all darkness. The light of Christ is love mercy, forgiveness, peace. As the light of Christ shines over and over on you and me, may we be brought into the light of Christ's love again and again, again and again. Amen. We affirm our faith now in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, you joined all of humanity through your suffering and death. Reveal to all people the depth of your love for them, shown on the cross. By the power of your Holy Spirit, work through us, the members of United Lutheran Church, to demonstrate your compassion and your care for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit, guide the call process, our call committee, as we seek to discern who you are calling to be the next pastor for United Lutheran Church. Help us to listen for your leading and give us the blessing of your light to 
to see your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who experience persecution for their faith, those who are oppressed, those who are victims of violence, for all who have had to flee their homelands, for refugees, for immigrant children who are at our border now. We pray for protection, for new opportunities, for resettlement, for new beginnings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for people in Myanmar, wherever tyranny rules, restore human rights. For children in Nigeria, abducted, wherever there is domestic terrorism, create justice, which ends violence. In Ethiopia, wherever there is bloodshed, bring peace. In Yemen, wherever people starve, give food and water. And wherever there is racism and discrimination, inspire all people to honor and respect one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. By grace you have saved us, O God, by grace alone. Renew our congregation in your gift of undeserved love and favor, that we might show that same grace and mercy to others. We pray today for those who are anxious or afraid, those who are discouraged, those who are exhausted, for the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless. Use us in our hands to serve them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to our aid, O God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support healthcare workers, grant continuing success to the devel development of vaccines and their distribution. We pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit this day and ask for healing for those from our community, Colleen, Dale, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, Croy, and others we name before you. Grant them your healing grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus, you went ahead of us into the grave and you defeated the powers of death, sin, and the evil one. We remember those who have died and gone before us, especially those most Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. Of that day, we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Friends in Christ, we give thanks for all of God's gifts today. And we thank you for all the gifts that you share for Christ's mission through United Lutheran Church. Thank you for your stewardship of God's gifts. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings, given in thanksgiving to you, to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.